Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. In today's episode, our guest speaker, Rev. Michael Kimball, administrator of Canaan Acres Christian Camp, shares with us from Mark 8, 1 through 9, and that our God provides. He is the God of the right time. So good to be with you this morning. My wife, Miss Laura, sitting on the front pew there with me. Uh, we, are, um, we are now at Canaan Acres Christian Camp as your new directors. Uh, pastored in uh, the Sebring Church for almost 19 years. And prior to that, I was in your Martins Ferry Church. And that's the only two churches I ever pastored. And now I am uh, directing uh, the camp there at Canaan Acres Christian Camp. And so it's good to be with you this morning. We have been with you before over the years, but uh, through Sunday school activities and vacation Bible school, we've been with you. So I don't know if you remember us or not, but I think we've aged a little bit since then, haven't we? I have, you haven't. All right. Hey, uh, we're in the book of Mark this morning, uh, chapter 8. And as we, uh, we spent time this morning in, in worship, I, I was reminded that... Um, I was reminded through our moments together, that our God has been faithful since the very beginning. The very beginning of creation, our God has been faithful. Our God, since the very beginning, has been pursuing us and luring us back to him because of his great love for us. And as we we look through the Gospels, we see the stories of Jesus and how he interacted with people. I love, the, I love the call to worship this morning. Kind of goes along with where we're going this morning in, in Mark chapter 8. We're just going to look at uh, verses 1 through 9 this morning here. But, you know, we read the story of Jesus in the Gospels. And we think, okay, that was, that was the past. I think sometimes we don't realize that God is still writing his story within our lives every day. We get, to, we get to live with God every day of, of our lives. And, and, and some days we don't remember that, do we? I know I don't. I know there are days that I'm out there and I'm, I'm, I'm working and I'm doing things and it just seems like I'm by myself. And I need to be reminded that I'm not by myself. That God is right there with me. And that this, this, this awesome God, he, um, if he is... If he has called us to do something, he will not abandon us. He will be there with us. Uh, in the words of some of the songs that we sang this morning, we need not fear. We need not fear the things that, uh, that typically will cause us to, uh, to fret, uh, to give up, uh, to abandon maybe the call in our life, because God is with us. And so this story uh, this morning in, in the Gospel of Mark, I just recently started rereading it, and um, God just kind of laid some things on my heart I want to share with you this morning. And so I'm just going to take verse by verse and then uh, share a couple of points with you and uh, then pray with you. It starts out, in, in those days, the multitude being very great. It was a large, large crowd that had come to hear Jesus. Um, them having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to them and said to them, 
You know, one of the things that I noticed here just in, in this first verse, there was a, a great multitude had come out to hear Jesus uh, speak, uh, uh, probably witness him healing individuals. Uh, it said they didn't have anything to eat. In fact, the, the writer, Jesus says that once, and the writer mentions it, so twice in the first two paragraphs, we see that they had nothing to eat. You know, I never noticed that. But they didn't come prepared to stay. It wasn't, it wasn't their intention. If they, if, they had, if they had come prepared to stay as long as they were going to be there, I'm sure they would have, they would have gathered some things and, and they would have brought some food along with them. They would have, they would have planned the trip. They had just uh, uh, went and uh, left and, and uh, went to hear what Jesus had to say and witness what he was doing. In, in verse 2, it says that Jesus had compassion on the multitude. And I need us to understand the word compassion. The word compassion is, is not um, a word that is associated with pity. Okay? Sometimes we, we, we pity individuals. Compassion is a, is a whole different feeling. It's a whole different emotion. Uh, compassion is, is something we feel deep within. Uh, compassion is me being able to feel your pain. You being able to feel my pain. That's compassion. Compassion is when you hurt, I hurt. When you have, you have need, I want to provide that need. Because I feel what you feel. That's the compassion that we're looking at here in Jesus. Jesus had compassion on the multitude. Um, he felt what they were feeling and wanted to respond to the need. Doesn't that um, encourage you this morning? That this same Jesus who had compassion on the multitude is the same Jesus then, is the same Jesus now? I mean, wherever it is, whatever it is you're, 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 you're dealing with, if you are struggling this morning, he feels what you're feeling. I know... Uh, I'll come back to a compassion on the multitude because they had now been with me three days and they had nothing to eat. And so Jesus goes on to say, if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Have you ever truly been hungry? I mean, literally just hungry. So hungry that you felt like you were just going to get, you know, fall down, pass out that kind of hungry? I mean, Jesus is familiar with that kind of hunger. I was thinking about this story as we get into it. You know, they're, they're in the wilderness. Jesus had been in the wilderness before. He had been hungry because he had fasted for 40 days. He had eaten nothing. He had, drink, he had drank nothing. And so he understood what it meant to be hungry. But I'm asking you this morning, have you ever truly been hungry? The feeling of, of hunger. I just, uh, the, the other day, I was, just, I was sharing with, with, with Miss Laura, we're now the, as I just shared with you, we're the directors at uh, Canaan Acres Christian Camp. And uh, man, right now, there's, there's a lot going on because I don't know if you know this or not, but we have children's camp beginning, you know, the week after uh, the fourth, and we have youth camp after that week, and then we have a quiz camp, and then we have your family camp. So there's a lot going on at the camp. And there's a lot of work to do. And so we're, and, we, and yesterday, we had, uh, we had the children's quiz. So we had another big activity out there yesterday, and 
so there's always stuff. There's grass to be cut and, and, and buildings to be mended and, and, and walls to be painted and, and just things that have to be done. It's, it, you're constantly working and busy. And uh, I'm, no, I'm no stranger to work. I, I, I love to work. And uh, sometimes I, um, I eat while I'm working. I grab a sandwich and I go from point A to point B. And the other day I was working out there and, and uh, they had got me to stop and have a sandwich and I ate a sandwich and about three hours later I'm out there working and uh, all of a sudden I started getting dizzy. Just, kind of, just started getting dizzy and I, and I was hungry. Like I was like over the top hungry. Like I got to get something to eat now or I'm not going to make it. All right? So I kind of I get what Jesus is saying here. These people have been here for three days. They've had nothing to eat. And I don't want to send them home because if I send them home now, they may faint on the way. Now, one of the things that, that uh, I also want, want to point out in this, they had been there for three days. Three days. It's very difficult today to get people to stay for an hour. I mean, I just want us to imagine if Jesus would show up this morning and, and walk into the church or wherever, you know, he would show up and would people be willing to stay for three days? Would people be willing to, you know, turn off their cell phones and maybe their, their television and, uh, and maybe just shut out the outside world and just, just focus on what Jesus had to say for three days? I wonder what would happen if we would just take three days and just enter into the presence of Jesus and just shut everything else out and allow God to speak to us. I believe that God could do some amazing and powerful things in our lives. I believe that. And that's exactly what was going on here. Well, then the disciples, uh, they answered Jesus. And, and you would think that this group right here, you would think that uh, when Jesus said something, they just do it, right? I mean, they've already witnessed some amazing things, things that are supernatural that, that Jesus was doing. You know, he had healed people, and, and he had, you know, calmed storms, and, and just, he'd done amazing things, yet... The disciples were no different than us. They, they, lacked, they lacked faith. As they said, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? And that's a really good question, I think, because the, the wilderness, I, I, I looked up that word wilderness, and, and the word wilderness means it's dry and barren. There's nothing there. Uh, there's no Walmart. No convenience stores. There's, there's nothing. It's dry and barren. They're in the middle of nowhere. And the disciples said, well, how can, we, how can we satisfy all these people in the middle of the wilderness? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? I just was sitting here talking to Miss Laura as I was getting ready to come up. And, and um, he already knew the answer to that question. 
But how many loaves do you have? They said seven. Now remember, there's a great multitude there. Seven loaves of bread and a great multitude. That's not going very far, right? And so he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and he gave thanks, and he broke them, and he gave it to his disciples, and he set it before them, and they set them before the multitude. They had a few uh, small fish, and having blessed them, he said to them, also before them, they ate and they were filled, and when they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000, and then he sent them away. <laughs> Amazing, right? Seven loaves of bread, few fish, they feed 4,000 people. I look at this particular story, and there are three things that I have noticed that uh, we, can, uh, we can learn from. First of all, our God teaches us to give thanks in the wilderness. To give thanks in the wilderness. One of my, um, I like to walk, but I know that we're recording here. One of my greatest memories uh, after becoming a, a Christian was just learning to walk with, with God. I wasn't raised in, in a Christian home like a lot of you. Um, wasn't, I was 25 years old when I came to Christ. Uh, my, my life growing up was, uh, my dad was a hardworking man, and uh, he taught my brothers and I uh, to also work hard. And uh, we worked seven days a week. Uh, so Sunday we worked. We 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 were block layers and cement finishers, and and so we uh, we knew what it meant to work hard. Um, I became a Christian at the age of 25, and and uh, I married uh, my wife uh, Laura, who was raised as 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 a Christian by a pastor, who who discipled me. And uh, he taught me a lot about um, walking with the Lord. Pastor Paul Bailey was uh, was my mentor. He's with the Lord now. And um, he taught me a lot about what it meant to, to walk with the Lord. And he taught, me, he taught me how to pray, and he taught me how to live. And, and one of the things that he, he would continue to kind of just, not just tell me, but model in his life, was to, to give thanks even in the wilderness, to give thanks in the midst of the storm. It's hard to do that, right? It's hard to, give, it's hard to, it's hard to praise God when you're going through something difficult, right? I mean, it's, that's... I mean, if we're honest with each other this morning, we, we, would, we would admit that. Now, we could stand up and we could testify and, and we could talk about how good God is and that would all be true. But the, sometimes we just need to, to share what we're really feeling in the midst of the storm. And sometimes we're feeling like, okay, I'm not going to get through this. This is just too tough. I feel like giving up. All right? We, and that's to, but to, to learn to give praise in the midst of the storm, there's something about saying, okay, God, I know it's tough right now, but I'm going to praise you anyhow, and, and I'm going to trust that you're here with me. And, and I, learned this, uh, I learned this little prayer uh, that I, I started to pray in the mornings, which was quite helpful to me o over the years. And still, it's, it's very helpful even, even today. I know that every day can't be a great day. How many of you know that this morning? You know, every day can't be a great day, right? Oh, you, you wish every day was just like, you know, everything just went our way. 
but we got up, we got started, and uh, we just, it was just a perfect day. Nothing happened out of the ordinary. Uh, we were just on the mountaintop. Uh, just, it, was, it was great, right? But we know that's not true. And, and I learned this prayer because I, I was a, a cement finisher for many, many years. And I don't know if you know what that entails, but you know, I finished concrete floors and bridges and, and stuff like that. And, and, and there were days that was good, but there were days that was not good. Okay, there was days that the, the, the concrete that we were pouring, it didn't cooperate. It got hard too fast. And uh, man, it would just, you would feel like giving up. Like, but my dad, you know, my dad taught me, you know, as, as a young man, never give up. Just hang in there, keep fighting. And so I, I, that, that, that kind of attitude carried over into my, into my Christian walk, and I, and I began to pray, Lord, give me a good day. I would pray that prayer every day. I'd say, Lord, give me a good day. But Lord, if it's not going to be a good day, give me the strength to get through it. Give me the strength to get through it. I mean, I already, I began to recognize that, 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 that it could be a good day because God was with me, but I also recognized that it might not be a great day. So God, I need your help. And I, and I find myself even today, when things are getting tough, saying, okay, Lord, I need you right now. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your wisdom. I need your strength. The other thing I noticed from this passage is that these people had been with Jesus for three days, and they're hungry. And Jesus takes the bread, and he blesses it, and he takes the fish and he blesses it. And then he tells them to sit down. And then he tells the disciples, he says, now I want you to wait on these people. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there and I'm hungry. And I can't wait to eat. Well, somebody just passed the bread. Well, somebody just give me a piece of fish. I think of, of kids camp, Miss Laura, when... We're, we're going around and uh, we're picking tables. You know, this group gets to go eat because they're behaving. Or this particular group gets to go and, and uh, we always get to go last. And uh, I think about the, the patience that they must have exercised in those moments. And I thought, how hard is it for us to be patient? I mean, I had a, a lady at my last pastor who would tell me, Pastor, don't pray for patience. You ever heard that, don't pray for patience? Uh, well, let me, let me let you in on something. You know, I was always told, don't pray for patience, because if you do, God will give you something to be patient about. The truth is, regardless if you pray that way or not, you're still going to have to learn to be patient. Okay? I, I mean, if, you don't, if you don't even... You're still going to have to, there are things in life that you're going to have to, you're going to have to wait on. And, uh, man, I hate waiting on stuff. One of my favorite holidays of the year is Christmas. And I just, I can't wait till Christmas morning. Not the gifts that I'm receiving, just the whole idea of Christmas morning. It's always been something exciting in my life, something that just, I enjoyed. I know I was recently having a conversation with somebody, 
And uh, they're waiting on an answer from God. And uh, they're sharing with me and they're saying, hey, well, I, just, I just wish I would hear something. You're better, you're waiting to hear you know, the news. You're waiting to hear the outcome. I know that uh, a year before I became your camp director, the conversation began, and I just didn't think it was going to happen. You know, I'm waiting for the, the word. It's hard to be patient when we're waiting. But there's something about learning to be still before God. My absolute favorite verse in the entire Bible is Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. It was at General Assembly, oh, it's been a few years ago now. And I heard uh, one of the generals, and, and I'm not going to, because I, I'm not sure which one of the generals said this, but they were preaching from that, that text. They were preaching from Psalms 46.10, and man, I just, I love, I love that passage and all that it means. And this is what he said about that passage, you know, to be still and know that I am God. And then he, he kind of he reversed it and said that we need to learn to be still and know that we are not God. Be still and know that we're not God. And sometimes it's, it's real hard to wait. But I know that when, 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 when God fulfills his promise in his time, it's always the right time. God always comes through in, 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 that, in that moment. I remember, uh, I'm going I'm to tell a story that that's, it happened many, many years ago that, that may help some of you this morning. Miss Laura and I hadn't been married uh, very, very long. Our, our children were still young. My children are in their 30s now. I got grandkids that were older than my kids were when this happened in our lives. We, uh, we had moved back from, from Virginia. Uh, we had lived in, in Virginia. I was working in Washington, D.C. We were making uh, really good money there, and we decided we were going to move home to West Virginia. And, and I moved at the worst possible time. I moved in the, in the fall of the year. Now, if you're in construction, if you work construction, you know that's not a great time to move. Because I, I had quit one job and hoped that God would provide another job. And we came back in... And, and there was no job. And, and I had thought that I could sign up for unemployment. And because I had quit my job, my unemployment was denied. So we had no money. And, and bills were like coming in, because you know that regardless if you're working or not, you still get bills, right? And it was, it was not looking good. I mean, it was, it was getting you know, difficult to buy groceries, getting difficult to put gas in the car, you know, pay rent, all the things that, you know, sometimes we take for granted was going on. And, and man, I was stressing about it. Man, I was so stressing about it. And uh, I had gone out. Uh, and and, and Miss Laura, she was home with the kids. And I'd gone out to do something. And I can't remember what I went out to do, but I remember very clearly talking to God about this situation. And I, 
And, and I'm talking to God, and I'm saying, you know what? I, I know that, that you're there, and I know that you care, and I know that you're, you're going to take care of us. And, and, um, and God told me to go home. That's what God told me to do. He said, I want you, when God tells you to do something, no matter how ridiculous it sounds at the time, I want to encourage you. If, if it's God telling you to do it, just go do it, okay? So I, I go home. And God is telling me, he says, I want you to go home, and I want you to get all the bills. And I want you to put them in a basket, because that's what Ms. Flores kept in a basket. We called it the bill basket. And, and take those bills and lay them on the bed, and I want the two of you to pray over that basket. Now, two amazing things happened because of that. We went to church later that week, not telling, because you know, I never told anybody the situation. Went to church later that week, and there were folks in the church that started slipping, like they would, stick, they would stick their hand in my pocket or take my hand and put something in my hand. And we come home from church at night, and I showed me to share with Miss Laura that this had happened, and she said, guess what? It, they were doing the same thing with me. And God had begun to provide through the church. But the story gets better, Okay. So I'm a union cement finisher, and I got to call the union hall, and I haven't worked out of the union hall for seven years. So I call it, I say, listen, I, need, I don't care what you can give me, just give me a day, give me two, whatever you can give me, I'll take. And a business agent, he had called me uh, the following week, and he said to me, he said, hey, listen, uh, well, I just had a situation on a job that was five minutes from my house. That doesn't happen in construction. Five minutes from my house. He said, I just had a situation this afternoon. We had an individual quit a job. We need a finisher. We need him right now. It's just for the afternoon. Will you go do it? I said, absolutely. I'm on my way. I go to the job. I work, thinking at the end of the day, they're going to give me a check, send me home, lay me off, because that's how it works. At the end of the day, the, the, the foreman come to me and said, listen, I want you to come back tomorrow. The next day, he said, I want you to come back the next day. I ended up working for the next three months. I made enough money. I also worked enough time to draw unemployment the rest of the winter. My God is good. Sometimes he just wants us to be patient and be still before him. You see why Psalms 4610 is important to me? Be still and know that I am God. The, the last thing that I want to look at is that that you, I want you to notice that it was just it was seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And God miraculously filled them, and they were satisfied in the wilderness. Satisfied in the wilderness. Isn't God incredible? I mean, only God can do something like this. I mean, there, there are things that, that we, can, we can physically do on our own, there are things that we can physically do on our own, but there are incredible things that only God can accomplish in our life. I mean, I have witnessed over the years as a pastor, I have seen God heal people that were diagnosed with, with terminal disease. I have seen God provide where there was, there was no work and no provision. I've seen God do amazing things in churches. I remember... A, a few years ago, and I'll, I'll quit with this. 
I was in a Sebring church, and, and I don't know, maybe some of you knew uh, Brother Bill Sheldon. He is also with the Lord right now. He uh, did 30-some work and witness trips with some of the people in this area. And uh, Brother Bill was my treasure. And he was always worrying. Treasures always worry about the finances of the church. And uh, he would come to me and say, well, Pastor, man, things are, things are not looking good. You know, giving is down, and the bills are up, and I see, I know, Bill. Let's just pray. And uh, one winter, we had this guy, and I won't get into the whole story because it's a, it's a long story, but we had this guy just kind of show up one night at the parsonage. And, uh, man, he scared, the, he scared my family to death. Kind of made me a little nervous. And uh, he just wanted to talk to me. So I asked him to walk next door to the church and went over and we sat and we talked and he confessed a few things. I didn't know the guy, but I prayed with him. And he showed up one Sunday. Offering plate was passed. Brother Bill came to me. He said, Pastor, we had an envelope in the, in the offering plate. There was $4,000 in cash in that envelope. Following week, guy came back, dropped another 3000 in the offering plate. Then he just disappeared. We never seen him again, never heard from him. Seen his picture in the paper about a year later. It was the obituary. Brother Bill said to me, he said, Pastor, boy, that money just came at the right time. My response to him was, our God is the God of the right time. Our God is the God of the right time. Our God can do amazing things, even in dry and barren places in the wilderness. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.